0: Welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder, where we strive to grow in love of the Lord and each other. I am Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. And we're so happy that you can join us as we continue to talk about Corinthians 13. First um, Corinthians. First Corinthians 13. Eight. You know, this is such a beautiful passage. It always just makes me feel happy to hear it. Do you have it? open right now Megan I do what I have it had? open would I just, just want to make sure we're, again, re- oh, we're gonna read like, the whole thing now? would you please I I'd think be that's happy like very, to read the very whole appropriate thing to to start this is like our fifth sixth episode on it six yeah. yeah
1: yeah so let's start just kind
0: of okay again because it's
1: so beautiful so we're not doing the whole first Corinthians chapter 13 but we're taking out uh, the portion where it talks about what love is so it starts at uh, verse four love is patient love is kind It is not jealous. Love is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interests. It is not quick tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures. All thing.
0: It's so beautiful. It just relaxes me to hear you read
1: that scripture. I <laughs> like.
0: Oh yes, this is so true, so true. But today we're going to talk about true, <laughs> true, right, <laughs> right. Does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the reasons I love my dear friend sitting in the chair next to me, <laughs> is because of her undying passion for the truth, the truth of God, and the truth of the world. Um, And I think this one, we were fast friends over that topic because I, too, have this like, ah, when I hear it, I know it. And it just zings Mm -hmm. my heart. Yeah. So
1: let's get started. I think we've talked about, you know, the fact that I don't know why truth as something that is to be pursued and when found a non-negotiable became such a thing for me, mm. I really don't understand where that developed, but it's such a consistent like reality in my life that I think I've shared that the thing that will send me to confession the quickest and makes me feel the most shameful is if I ever do or say anything that I feel is either contrary to truth or even if it wasn't untrue, led another to believe something that wasn't mm, true. Interesting. It's real. It literally hurts my soul if I engage in it to the point where I am in a state of significant, like, what's the word I want to use? Disturbance. Okay. okay. Uh, if if it happens, and so it's just interesting how. Some people just are different in that way, and right? You know. Well, I have a very
0: moment in time story about when I felt like I was exposed to the truth, and for the first time in my life, I was like, "This is truth. This is truth." So, if you'll recall, if you know my history, I kind of floundered in not knowing what the truth really was because of the the upbringing I had. Mm-hmm. I was very confused. I had no idea, and then. I did the, the research on just war and cracked oh, open right, yeah. the catechism of the Catholic church and started reading through it. Just all kinds of random things that interested me. And I, my heart was about to explode where I was like, this is truth. This is truth. So I did, I had a, I had a pinnacle moment where I heard truth and recognized it. and My heart just grew. And that was the beginning of a, a long love story.
1: Yeah. And I think that brings up a point which we kind of wanted to discuss sort of as how sort of, I mean, obviously there's a hundred ways that we could talk about how truth and the lack of truth are are kind of present in the current, you know, culture in the world, but the discerning of what is true becomes more and more challenging. Now, as we get into this whole artificial intelligence thing, we were really, when we were preparing for the show, we really got onto this topic of, How we have entered into a place of significant uncertainty as far as even the truth of what we see and hear. You know, like it used to be you saw a picture and it was either obviously doctored or it was a real representation of something. But now there's so much Mm. created things like the deep fake deep fakes. and you can maybe for people who don't understand what that is you can speak to it
0: yeah the d oh the deep fake is is um i guess it's kind of a, a mixture of ai and audio to make someone look like they're saying something they're not mm. or being somewhere that they're not and it looks so very authentic and real so it's it's deep as in it's fake but you
1: cannot tell Right. Which is scary. Right. Because how are you going to make good judgments on things if you're being lied to without, you know,
0: we have to use our critical thinking skills now more than ever. And I feel like so oftentimes um, it's been kind of um, put to the wayside. Critical thinking skills Mm -hmm. um, being taught in our schools of all kinds of schools. It's just not there. It's usually more regurgitation than using critical thinking skills, which is the classic, a classic education.
1: Right. I'd also think that as Christians who understand that we have a Holy Spirit who leads us to all truth. Now, you know, we could talk about leading the church and its doctrine to all truth as a corporate body versus an individual. But I do think that the Holy Spirit is meant to teach us within ourselves about what is true and what is good. And so the more in touch we are with the, the Holy Spirit, discerning the voice of the Spirit, the safer we'll be in an uncertain time. And so when things seem not quite right, maybe are a little off and like if we bring it to prayer and really ask the Lord to open our minds and hearts and to teach us what is true, he's a good father. And if we ask him for truth, he's going to be gracious and generous with giving us truth if we really truly are desiring it. And so I wanted to bring up even the idea of AI itself, artificial intelligence is a lie Hmm. because to claim that true intelligence could be manufactured through programming is not true there's this idea that the that the computer becomes self-aware and all of a sudden creates that has this like um, mind unto itself that's independent of its programming. Hmm. That is a lie. It's a machine. It it's always going to be dependent on the human beings that programmed it. And so anything that happens with it is not a result of some ethereal, like whatever reality that it becomes something other than a machine. And the fact that they're trying to convince us that that's a reality, I really think undermines the truth of human beings and their special place Mm. in creation. I would absolutely agree with that. Is there anything more saying that man can be God then that we could create a machine that would then become something like it had it an intellectual experience that went beyond the machine that is somehow elevated to the point of being independent of it and uh, even above it mm. above its creator the human being that is it's an existential, point that I would just, I'm just calling out as an absolute lie, but you see how our culture is trying to lead us down this path. That they act like it's all progress or it's even to the point of it's inevitable that this is going to happen. Well, all that it's really doing is undermining the dignity of the human being who was created in the image and likeness of God. Mm. Contrary to truth. Yeah. For sure. And so if we're going to be well grounded in love, as in Paul says, you know, you rejoice in truth. Well, we can't be like, oh, this is awesome. This is so cool. How are we mm-hmm. going to utilize this for our advantage? And that's not, you know, what we're called to. Because it, it's so much wrongdoing can lead, you know, come from these sort of things. Yeah. So So we should
0: rejoice in the truth because it is contrary to justice, that virtue of justice, too. Well,
1: unpack that a little bit. How do you see that? Well, I'm saying that
0: rejoicing in wrongdoing is contrary to justice. Okay, well. Rejoicing in wrongdoing. What do you mean by that? Um, Justice is to to will the good of the other for their sake because it Mm -hmm. is right and goodly ordered, Mm -hmm. right? And so when you are rejoicing in wrongdoing – Contrary to just giving the person their due, according mm-hmm. to what's supposed to be, so I have a yeah. good analogy. Jesus but it's just
1: not just about giving a person their due, but it's also giving God His due. Absolutely, that's the ultimate justice, right? Absolutely, ultimate justice. Mm-hmm. And
0: so, when we are rejoicing in wrongdoing for whatever reason, that is absolutely co- contrary to justice and truth in God's will.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, I think it's important that we ground this entire thing in what Jesus says about himself when he says, I am the way I am the truth and I am the life. And so anything that's contrary to truth is contrary to Jesus Christ himself. He is the truth. One of my uh, just most favorite things ever is, um, you know, in St. Thomas Aquinas when he wrote his beautiful Eucharistic hymns. Mm. And there's a line in one of those thing in one of the one of the hymns, one the famous one, where he says, What God's Son says, take for truth I do. Truth himself speaks truly, or there is nothing that is true. Mm. That's right. He is right?
0: truth has a face.
1: Yeah. And I think that is where we get in society to this place of moral relativism where mm. it's my truth. It's your truth. Mm. What is truth? You know, I mean, quid veritas, right? That's what <laughs> Pontius Pilate said to Jesus. And Jesus is like, that'd be me. Yeah. <laughs> I am the truth. <laughs> he, he was not, he was unequivocal about it. He is truth. And so if you don't have Jesus Christ, of course, you're going to flounder in understanding what is true because the very foundation of truth, who is Jesus Christ, is not there for you in your understanding of things. So you are on shifting sands. You do not have the firm foundation of what truth is. And so that's a really tough place because when you're dealing with individuals who are not firmly rooted in that reality, that there is objective truth defined by the person of Jesus Christ. Okay. I got a question for you. That Sure.
0: What do you think the percentage of, let's say just people in the United States, you could say even just the people in Texas that,
1: that actually matter, are found, you know, really hold that. Yes. What would you guess? You know, just your I mean, world experience. Honestly, give you, give you mine, you give me I feel if I made the guess, it would come out as being uncharitable because I think it's low. I think it's really low. And I have to be honest, like, let's put aside people who don't like actually identify as Christians. Let's just put them aside completely. We already know that they have not embraced that concept. Among Christians, I think the percentage of Christians who really truly believe that Jesus Christ is truth itself and his commands, what he taught his church that he established are the defining features of truth in this world. I'd say the percentage of Christians that actually believe and live in that belief is low. Pretty low. I would agree with that. And so how do you grow in that? How do you grow in that understanding? Mm -hmm. And First of all, I think it comes down to the question of can you submit? Yeah, obedience. Obedience. That's right? like an ugly word in this culture. Because objective truth asserts itself. It says no. And we have a hard time in this culture no. with the no. <laughs> we are we have really let's be honest, have we not devolved into a culture of toddlers who can't stand to hear the word no. You have tantrums. And we have tantrums when we hear it. Mm. And why, why do toddlers have a hard time with no? Because they don't understand the why. It's all about what they feel and want in that moment. And they don't have the perspective to understand that the no in that moment is a yes to something greater so true so that's where we're at where we are Yeah, for sure and so to even assert there is truth and you should live in accordance with it people are like i don't know what you're talking about Mm-hmm.
0: I, yeah it's been watered down too much it's been muddied because too too much relativism's been out there for too long but how do we rejoice how do we rejoice in the truth megan how do you rejoice in the truth How do I
1: rejoice in the truth? I tell you how I do.
0: Okay. I guess this is a good temperature check.
1: All right. Let's temperature check it.
0: Rejoicing in the truth. I had a moment. Okay. Yesterday. Share your moment. Okay. I went to mass in the new Saint Mary's. I almost want to call it a cathedral. It's not really. It's still just a (laughs) church. It is so astonishing. It is so magnificent.
1: Okay, explain for the folks who maybe aren't from the Bryan College station area Mm -hmm. about what the Saint Mary's church is. I, I can't even do it. No, 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 not the, no, just like the, what it is. It's so we, we have a brand new church and this is um, affiliated with
0: Texas A&M university, right? It's a Catholic church for the specifically for the students at Texas A&M. It holds, Oh gosh, about 1600 plus people. It's, it's enormous. And it's been made in a old world, old style um, architecture and in the art and the way it's been crafted inside. It is beautifully authentic and austere and it is like stepping up the ladder towards heaven to enter into that space. Mm. So when I went to mass yesterday, as I entered in before I even got in the sanctuary, I practically lost my breath. I stopped and I, I just I had to breathe it all in. There was something different. There was something so special about being in that place. That was truth to me. And as I walk in and I go and see the magnificence and the grandeur of all of it, But the moment that I started hearing the music and the way the Mm. acoustics had been designed, pure, truthful beauty. So beauty is truth, right? Mm. Beauty, real beauty is truth as well. So I was really struck by all of those components that I would call. That was truth because it was like, not just resonating, but Megan, it it like touched my soul on on, on just a, a real deep level. My heart was moved mm. and it was, you know, it tears a couple of times of being in that grandeur of beauty, all dedicated to the glory of God. That was truth to me. That was truth. The Holy mass truth.
1: Yeah. That's really beautiful. I, I think that, uh, one of the things about human beings, one of the truths about human beings is that we've been endowed by our creator with these gifts of cooperating with his creation and that we are never more ourselves as we we're created to be and the best version of ourselves when we're glorifying god with the gifts that he's given us and so that's what it you know what you're talking about it's it's really like the human people who decided to dedicate so much time and talent and treasure to the building of this church. Why for the glory of God God and the salvation of souls and the understanding that when we reflect in our architecture, in our art, in our music, the truth of the transcendent God who is beautiful and glorious and worthy of all praise that we ourselves are moved to be more like him Mm -hmm. and to seek him more deeply, more profoundly, more intently. And you can't deny that these things elevate us and draw us to something greater than ourselves to the point that, you know, you still have these cathedrals and things, in Europe that maybe aren't churches anymore because people have fallen away from true faith, but yet people still keep going and keep wanting to be in that atmosphere because there's something there that's beyond what they can perceive and they feel it as it draws them up to the transcendent God. And so when I think of rejoicing in truth, it's all those things, that make me feel closer to God Mm. because he's the ultimate goal. The ultimate truth is this life is fleeting. This life is not meant to be where we remain forever. This world is not our home. That is the ultimate truth of the human existence. And so, When I live in that truth, when I live in the truth that I am not made for this world and that anything that brings me one step closer to the heavenly realm for which I was created, I get to experience something deeper and more profound than this Mm -hmm. world and something more true and anything that stands opposed to heaven. It only lowers me and makes me less than what I was created to be. And so this beautiful reality that the great, massive, transcendent dignity that is the Godhead, I'm meant to be drawn up into and that I am diminished when the truths of who God is are not acknowledged. And this is what I see so much in culture, in this grand plan to try to elevate humanity. We're actually denigrating our dignity because the farther we get away from who truth is, who is the Godhead, the less we are like him. Because, you know, what is it? Is it Irenaeus that said, you know, the glory of God, of of God is man fully alive. Mm-hmm. Like we participate in God's glory as we function in the truth of our great dignity in, in God. And so it's almost like I rejoice in truth of this world only in so far as it can be true that it, if it reflects God. So anything that pulls us away from God and this elevation of, of man to a point that he was not created to be mm-hmm. doesn't actually elevate man because it separates him from God, which can never elevate him. And so that's the big lie mm. and the the wrongdoing, which it transcends every wrongdoing because all wrongdoing, the things that we think about in the world, you know, maybe it's, you know, The Sound of Freedom movie is big right now, so there's the wrongdoing of human sex trafficking. We should expect that pretty much everybody should understand that this is terrible. Now, apparently, we've gone so far down the road that some people can't even see that.
0: Now that it's not terrible, oh, this is just a lie, this isn't real.
1: Yeah, or, you know, maybe... Well, the desire to have sex with children is really just a natural desire that uh, we should, you know, consider to just be, you know, part of the spectrum of human sexuality. No, just no, <laughs> never! never. Right. That That's wrong. Right, right, but right. you, there are people who are now trying to promote these ideas, mm-hmm. you know. And but these things, these wrongdoings, these these ideas that are contrary to truth, they start by thinking that man gets to decide what is goodness, what is truth, what is, you know, and it's like, but we deny ourselves in the whole process, the truth of who we are and who we're destined to be, Mm -hmm. which, didn't seem like much of a temperature check as far as my own personal thing, but I got kind of passionate about it. Did, so I guess so it works. it's a temperature check for me. Yeah, it really. Yeah, it's like how does it manifest? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're seeing how I could. I get. I don't know why. But I just get going on this topic because. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I just. Um, you know, here's here's the thing. This is something that I talk about a fair bit when I'm talking about the church and why I believe that everyone should be Catholic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And here's why, when it comes down to it, I think it's a really important question to ask, does God care if we know the truth? And if he cares, would he not give us a means to know it? Mm -hmm. You know? Yes. And I think he cares. I think he really does care. I think he wants us to know truth and he's given us scripture and he's given us a church to help us to understand this word that he's given us to help us bring scripture to life in every age, to apply the truths of what was intended in these scriptures to the the issues of the day. And so, But that point, I don't think God's a loving God if he doesn't want us to know truth. And the biggest evidence of that is that he sent his only son to teach us. Yes, to die for us. The ultimate act of the truth of his love for us. But also to teach us the way. And not just to teach it with words, but with his very life. And if we really want to grow in our knowledge and understanding of the truth, We need to study the life of him who is truth, Amen. And so that's the challenge I would give to Christians who claim to love the Lord and yet don't spend time in his word or not spending any time in relationship with him in prayer. Are you really a lover of truth if you're not seeking to know it and to know him who is it? And then I would ask those who maybe are listening, who aren't Christians. How is life without a foundation going?
0: Mm -hmm. You know, the other side of this coin that we're, we're talking about today with this particular portion of first Corinthians, doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing also. So we got to talk about that flip side too, because you can see it in our day and times that how people, when someone suffers, yeah, they got, it. I think it was coming to them. And yet I Is would Is that say a way that,
1: of rejoicing in wrongdoing or how yeah. would you,
0: what kind of example would you give for rejoicing in wrongdoing?
1: You know, I think it's interesting because I think we've talked about this um, somewhat before, even the wrongdoing and rejoicing in it, usually is seeking a good. So when you said that right now, yeah, that happened to them. They got what was coming. Well, the true desire is justice.
0: True desire is justice. You're really,
1: you're wanting justice, Mm -hmm. but the way you're going about it is disordered. So rejoicing and wrongdoing usually comes about because you've gotten into an ends justify as the means mentality. Yeah. So the way to combat that, is to ask oneself, what's the true good that I'm seeking here? What am I really looking for? Right. And is this actually accomplishing what I'm seeking? And most, no, I'd say invariably. Yeah. <laughs> if you really did that evaluation, the answer would be no. Mm. It's not going to, it may be in the short term, it'll feel good. In the long term, it'll come up empty and it'll leave you feeling empty.
0: I'm trying to think of, um, if I have any real world examples of watching someone rejoice in wrongdoing. Um, I think it would be like, we talked a little bit earlier in the last episode about like retribution Mm -hmm. against people who've wronged you and, that retribution definitely is wrongdoing um, to really seek to punish someone yeah. for a proposed wrongdoing.
1: Yeah. That really brings to mind, you know, the response to things like, you know, race riots after like the George Floyd thing and everything like there was, there was a bad thing that happened. I mean, a man died. One can debate the culpability of you know, the person responsible for that death. But yeah, we can all agree that, you know, a man dying is always a, a negative thing. But then to have certain individuals move into a destructive mindset, start like trashing businesses, burning cities and have people cheering them on. Yeah, How is that behavior promoting the good that they're seeking? Yeah. It's good to seek understanding of people who are different than yourselves. It's good to seek e- equality under the law like those are good important things to be seeking but this is not the way to do it. No. It's not going to accomplish your task and guess what? Are we more united now than since that time? no do do you think that like now there's a better attitude about the other races? Within individuals in this country? No. No, It just injures. It hurts. Wrongdoing is never going to promote goodness.
0: Never. Yeah. That kind of violence is never okay. I mean, that kind of physical violence. I mean, self-defense is different than violence, in my opinion.
1: Oh, well, yes, of course. Because the intention is completely different. Intentions matter.
0: Yeah, intentions do.
1: (laughs) But the point is, is that we... While we're saying, you know, there is no excuse for rejoicing in wrongdoing. We also have to try to understand the why. What's the good that's being sought there? Why is somebody being tempted to rejoice in wrongdoing? I mean, like you see, for example, I remember this actress, Michelle Williams, won an Oscar for, I forget what movie it was for, but anyway, she got up there and gave her speech And she said, I have my abortion to thank for this, for this award. So clearly the murder of her, her unborn child, she was rejoicing in the, in that because of this, this thing that she achieved. Right. Mm -hmm. But what's really behind that? What, what was she really saying that she wanted to rejoice in she wanted she was rejoicing in this idea that I want to feel free to accomplish the things that I desire in life and to have fulfillment of my desires that's the thing she's seeking well the problem is is that she doesn't know if the birth of that child May been the fulfillment of a desire that was so much deeper and so much greater and so much more beautiful than any fame she could ever achieve, and she lost the opportunity to receive that mm-hmm. because of the wrongdoing and yet she was seeking that very good fulfillment and so when we are tempted to do wrongdoing or to rejoice in wrongdoing. We need to do the temperature check that says, what am I really seeking? What are the true desires in my heart? Mm. And what's going to fulfill me to the deepest levels, not the superficial, not the temporal, but the eternal. And there is only one. There's only one. <laughs> There's only one. That can no, I'm, fulfill I'm over here things.
0: smiling because I like, you know, for me, straight up, face of God. Seek the yeah. face of God. Jesus. You know,
1: Lord, I long to see your oh. face. The desire of the everlasting hills. That's right. You know, ultimately, we want joy. We want peace. We want love. And we want it to go on forever. And it will. And Jesus said, (laughs) I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. He who eats of this bread will never die, and I will bring him to me. There are many houses in my father's, many mansions in my father's house, and I'm preparing one for you. That's the truth. And all he says is love me and do my my commandments, right?
0: No small feat, honest. Obviously,
1: right? Because the truth is also challenging, challenging, hard, and requires
0: a lot of. It requires a lot of humility. Yeah, but the reward is worth it. Yeah. I think that's an important, important uh, virtue to think about when we talk about rejoicing in the truth, um, because sometimes. We do have to be humble to accept these worldly truths, world not worldly, but divine truths. Sometimes mm. we have to be obedient, and that takes humility,
1: right? And and the humility also to say, I don't get to define what truth is, and the trust that His way is better than my way, His ways are above our ways, His thoughts are above our thoughts, and so you know, how often do we, you know, quote, you know paul when it says you know i know that all things work for good for those who love the lord and are called according to his purpose Mm -hmm. i believe we just read that at mass this past sunday and so that's truth that no matter what things look like no matter what it seems if we remain in the will of god it'll all work out for good And we, if, without the trust in that truth, so we'll be very tempted. Lots of trust, yeah, yeah, to go down paths of you know rejoicing in wrongdoing or yeah. engaging in wrongdoing.
0: Mm. Breaks my heart.
1: So I would say, for me, you know, I mean, we always try to end on some practical tips. I, I already said it. You can't rejoice in the truth you don't know. And you can't avoid the wrongdoing that you don't know is wrongdoing. So you, in order to grow in this place, you have to seek truth. You have to seek the Lord. You have to read scripture. You have to pray and be in the spirit, invite the spirit in. And also keep holy company who will confirm you in truth and support you in truth. Wow. That's my that's my practical yeah, tip. No, my practical tips for
0: rejoicing in the truth and not rejoicing in wrongdoing is very similar to that. To seek truth. I find a lot of truth in beauty, as I said earlier. Truth in the face of God. Truth in the catechism of the Catholic Church. There's so many mysterious questions about how to live life mm-hmm. that is really answered there. I feel like there's a lot of truth in that. And in seeking truth,
1: you will find Jesus. Yeah. Cause they're one and the same. Yeah. All right. Well, the truth is, I think we're up for time now. I think we should uh, wrap it up. Uh, but yeah, I love this topic. It's good. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I truly hope that y'all love it too. And, uh, please share, uh, the podcast with if others. do. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, We've been blessed to, to be here and and to ponder these things together. And uh, next time we'll be continuing. We're getting towards the end of this. Only a couple mm-hmm. more left. Um, but it's really been a beautiful journey. And it uh, certainly blessed us. And we've been appreciated y'all coming along with us. So we Amen. hope that uh, until you join us again, you'll remain united with us in prayer. God bless. God bless.